I think sports talk don't don't sound bad to me though. Daniel Jones gotta go. I'm sorry. Four quarterback from Duke. Don't drop that either. Wrong sport. You would ask me, do I think taking is good for the game? I don't think so. I know I got an owner who wants to win. Now that's crazy. The evil empire's in Queens now. Would you trade Audrey Barrett for Bang- Brandon Ingram? Absolutely not. But I don't know if he has the touch Damn. to really be a great offensive player. I don't know. Talk about the Mecca, man. We ain't called the Mecca for nothing. Yo. Yo, yo. What's going Let's on? Do, boy. Got Chris. Got Old Dog. You know, I'm Drew. Coming to you, episode three. Have big sports talk. Killing shit, man. Got no lefty today. Lefty was busy, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's, he's in yeah, the no- He's not a he's not a health safety protocol, at least. <laughs> I was gonna say he's a health and safety protocol. <laughs> That's good. Yo, we gotta say that these days because it's real serious out there. Yo, it's serious. And I was there, about yo. to and I was about to levy a, a, a definitely a false allegation on him right now. You saved him. Cause I was nah, yeah, we gotta put that out there because you know what I mean. I don't want no <laughs> misinformation going getting spread out there like that. Um, but you know, um, Oh, professionally, you got a you got a you got a background in the medical field. People know that, you know, lately uh, the main one of the main stories in sports, unfortunately, still is COVID. Uh, just just on Tuesday in the NBA, they had 13 cases um, in the NFL. The Browns head coach and quarterback Baker Mayfield both out with COVID. Um, it's kind of an unfair question for me to ask you, but is this a blip? Is it a is it just like a, a spike? Is it gonna be like this because we're going back into the cold weather? What's what's two things? Two things. The first stop for starters, I am not a medical professional. I just happen to work <laughs> in healthcare for, for very many years. So I just want to state that for the record. I'm not a clinician, I don't have any medical background. Now, with that being said, I work in medical I've advice. Med- right. I've worked in medicine or I've heard long enough through this pandemic while I've worked in, in medicine to know that. Anytime the winter comes, you're going to see an increase because people go indoors. And unfortunately, it's easier to spread indoors. I think you have a problem right now with people who, let's just say, aren't vaccinated but operate as if they are. I think that that leads to a bigger spread, right? Because I don't think everybody's vaccinated. So unfortunately, you have people who may not be showing symptoms thinking that they can go on the street because they're fine until they get tested. But how many normal people are getting tested? Right? That's the problem. So think about it. You're only finding out a subset of the people. It really could be, exist a whole lot bigger and greater. Just people aren't going to get tested, if you understand what I mean. Right? Only, so, I people mean, only, most people, they only go when they're feeling sick. Correct. Right. When they show symptoms or if their friends have told them that, that they've been exposed and therefore go get tested. And so when you think about like the NBA, a lot of these players are 100% fine, but they're positive. So then they have to go into safety protocol. Thank God not a lot of them are actually sick, sick, but they do test positive because of the frequency in which they tested the NBA, right? And I just think that you have, you're going to have that problem. You're going to have that problem in football. You're going to have that problem in basketball. I think greater than you're going to have it in baseball because baseball's played outside, right? And football to a certain degree is played outside, but it's also played in the winter months, right? And played in domes. So I think you have... That 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 factor, I think that's always going to play because the flu season. We all know the flu season is run between September, right, 
in pretty much February. So, I mean, COVID is pretty much the high points of COVID is during that same time, which is now. Throw in the fact that, I, and I don't know how much of a factor people say, but you're having more internal gatherings because of the holidays. So unfortunately, people are becoming more exposed to people who they haven't necessarily been around all year, right? But maybe around them for the first few times. So that brings a different level of exposure just to everybody. Then you just multiply that and, that, and that's kind of where we are today. I think we've known there was going to be an increase. I don't know that we've known it was going to be this fast. And, and, and really, I guess the way we're going to really monitor this pandemic was how many people are actually going to the hospital. Right, because it doesn't matter if people are positive. If people are positive and aren't sick, then that's not an issue. How many people are going to the hospital? How many people are getting very sick? That's what we have to monitor, and that's really the gauge. This is not medical advice. We're not medical professionals. So, and we have a lot of shit to talk about, but I just want to ask you this one question. And again, this might be a little unfair because you're not a medical expert, but do you think there's going to get a point where even with a positive test, if you're vaccinated and you're showing no symptoms, that they're just going to be like, yo, we're going to let them play. No. Because you still... In the foreseeable future? Nah, because they're still going to want to contain people who are active. There, there's a certain period of time that you can be active and spread it, which I believe are the first seven days, right? So what they may do is reduce the time that you have to quarantine. But the first seven days of being exposed or of you having it is when you can spread it. You understand? They typically say after you get past seven days, you may still be positive, but you really can't spread it anymore, right? But they still want you to quarantine. So I think that they may lift the time limit in the quarantine, but they'll still want you to quarantine for the simple fact that you, you don't want this to spread again. Yeah. You're trying to contain it. You're trying to contain it to where it is. That's what the vaccine is about, containment. It's not about prevention at all. It can't prevent it. All it could do is contain it and, and hope that you don't get as sick and you won't be in the hospital that was uh, that that was enough for covid man <laughs> we gonna we gonna move on that was i think you know what well, we, we sound smart enough like we i feel like if we was trying to sound smart we smart we sound smart enough let's go to the story of the day in sports um steph curry yesterday last night in the garden at msg set uh set a new uh three point three point is me he set the record or he broke the record he broke um the most, the most three-pointers three made. three-pointers made, period, overall, not in one season, just in totality. Uh, it was two two thousand nine hundred and forty uh, seventy-four. That's a lot. And he's still got, and he's still going. He's still going strong. Um, Chris, um, being a, being somebody that, you know, watched all Curry's career, what do you think his... What do you think this this, this 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 does for him? What has what's been his impact over the last couple of years? I think impact-wise, I feel like he changed, especially this generation's of basketball's style of play. You know, you got all these kids, you know, when they get on the court, they don't they don't start with layers no more. They try to shoot a three, say so they're gonna make it, see what's up. Facts. Um you know, shooting shit from far away. You know, that's 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 been his impact to the league. You can see in the players coming in now, you know, i.e. Trey Young, prime example. I feel like if Steph Curry wasn't in the league, you wouldn't see a player like that, especially with his size, trying to take advantage of the things that he could take advantage of on the court. You know, foul manipulation, you know, Curry doesn't really do that that much. But with the size factor, that being a point of emphasis, I think for him, it definitely I feel like it solidifies the spot with the greats, even though I feel like. I feel like what he's put forth in his career should have proven that already. I think this just solidifies the spot 
um, like or reinforce his spot, really, you know, setting that record. You know, we already know he was probably the best shooter that we've ever seen. You know, kind of this kind of just proves that when it comes to, you know, greatest point guards of all time, in my opinion, I feel like he, he's the best or he takes that number one spot. Um, this is just another one thing that people can use to solidify that spot, but it, it speaks for itself when you look at what he's been able to do. That's greatest shooter of all time. Is that disputable, O? Greatest shooter of all time? Not even a question. All right, so real quick, O, because he said Chris is something interesting. He's the best point guard of all time. You agree with that? He passed He passed on Magic for you? He passed Isaiah and Magic on that list? Um, Isaiah and Magic. Isaiah for sure. Magic. Not yet? I would say yes, because I don't think we're judging them based off of championships. I think championships are a team thing. So if you're talking just individual skill and ability, yeah. So I challenge to say he's the best player on the planet. Like, and that includes KD. Like, I'm willing to say that much because the season he's Hold had. Are we going to get the, Damn, that's crazy. Oh, man. I did. Yeah. Listen, I'm, I, so, so when I, I know when I watch the basketball games, there's some big 7 3 guy. His name is Shaq, right? And all he ever does is talk about his favorite basketball player, right? And you're talking about a guy who played a completely different brand of basketball. Shaq was Mr. Inside, Gorilla dunking two hands on your, on your neck, right? And then he's showboating as he's running down the court. Right? Steph Curry's shooting from half court. Like, like, I've never seen a player that you have to defend the minute he crosses half. And some people would say that he'll, you better guard him from the backcourt because he'll shoot your lights out before he even gets to the to the half court, but I mean, I have never seen somebody who could just shoot, shoot at the volume. Cause I mean, that's the other thing too, right? Is that, I mean, he broke Ray Allen's record in half the games. Ray Allen played 1400 games to get to that record. Curry was only at like 739. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, so you talk about where's this record gonna be, which is why I think he deserves his flowers now, but the scary part is, is he only halfway done? Where does it all end? Like, if, if Thompson could come back and play, they they got another good three, four, maybe five years of some good basketball left in him, I think. As long as he doesn't get injured. Yeah. He's at his peak right now, I would say, especially with the Thompson thing, like, before it was more beautiful basketball. Not that it's still not, they still run the same system, but it was more of a a conscious effort to make sure that Clay's eating too. Now that when now that Clay's been gone and Curry's just literally set free, like it's just so much fun to watch. I'm still taking the rain and we're gonna talk about the MVP in a little bit. But um before we get off this top this topic to bring it back to the New York um thing, Spike Lee last night, man. Spike Lee, Nick super fan. Supposedly, because right now his card his card is up for the his card is on trial right now. Last night it was seen he was seen celebrating. Last night he was seen celebrating with with Curry when when he when he set the record. And then at the end of the game, when Curry was doing his post-game interview, Spike Lee was seen on his hands and knees taking a picture of Steph Curry. And to be fair, I will be fair. Spike Lee already came out. He came on the Michael K show and he said that he was taking what's called a hero shot. 
which is that background shot with all the people in front of you. And they, and they, and it's supposed to be an iconic shot. The picture's out there. Y'all can vote for yourself if y'all think it's an iconic picture. And if y'all think that it was worth Spike Lee being on his hands and knees to take that picture. But, um, yo, oh, did he disrespect us? Do we have to revoke that card? Do we got to revoke Spike's card, man? Never. Nah, hands and knees is crazy, though. Thank you. Thank you, bro. You can take the picture, <laughs> just you, not on your bro. knees, though. That's crazy. Yo, yo, first off, you, he said you got to be very low to take this picture, right? <laughs> hands and knees, I think it's just it's just kind of being distorted a little and taken a little too far. He, it was a cell phone. He was taking it more so from his waist, right? Um, but listen, let's be clear. He was capturing greatness yesterday. So however you want to capture that. I mean, if, if he was doing that's that not the to whole record, like, oh, stop, man. That's not, that's not 100 nah, points that, in the that, game. Nah, listen. That that's that record is probably gonna get broken next year by James Harden again. Not not in that many games though. Nah. No, I'm not. not it won't be that. What do you mean surpassing just, surpassing Curry? No, he's gonna surpass what Curry. He's gonna do what Curry just did probably next season. No matter if he did second. But what I'm saying <laughs> is that this is not. This is, in my opinion, this is this isn't. Did anybody did anybody care about the sixty one? Yeah, like when Sammy Sosa did after Maguire, did anybody really care? But that's my point, though. Is like that's that's almost at the level where this is at. Why did we hype this up for like? Why did we hype this up like this is the craziest, the craziest? Because no, nobody, nobody other than that little dude has ever done this. I think it's more about who did it, though. That's I, I can respect that. Uh, that is the one thing that I would give because even I'm a little upset at Nick fans that were in the building. It's like, yo, bro, why are we treating this dude like he's? Like he's Mickey Mano in the Bronx. Like, what's going on? I can with tell this? you why. Because he's not our villain. He did. He's, he's not in the Eastern Conference, mm -hmm. so it doesn't hurt us to to show him a little respect. Yeah, or if Trey Young did, it would have been different. Yo, no, Trey Young, Trey Young couldn't have done that, bro. He would have. He would have got booed. He would have got booed out the arena. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I completely agree with with with, with just the Curry deserves it. I mean, great guy, great ambassador for the game. That on that level, I I'll agree with it. I'm just probably a little salty because because my Knicks haven't been doing as well, and and I'm just never that guy, bro. And in the, the heat of competition, I'm never that guy. Like after the game, or oh, oh, everything cool, but I don't know. And for Spike to do that, man, I just I get it. I get it. Like you're at the end of the day, like that's you. That's literally your craft, like capturing images and capturing moments and creating moments. Like that's what he does. I get it. My opinion is a bad look. Like I said, hands and knees are crazy. Even if he's sitting on his butt, it nah. looks kind of crazy, but it looks better. Like the hands and knees, bro, just got to. Spike, you know better, man. You're from Brooklyn. Stop. You know, you know better. Tell you like you, this. If he still lived in Brooklyn, he knew he had to go to Brooklyn. He would not He would not do oh, that, bro. You know that. Yo, dog. Yo, he was showing them respect, and that's what he deserved to do. I'm going to just tell you like this. The garden tickets doubled in price. So... So don't tell me it didn't help the Knicks out. It brought fans out that normally that place wouldn't be filled. So in that regard, listen, it really was what it was. It, it, and I'm glad that we were big enough fans to put our pride to the side and recognize greatness for what it is. I mean, you may not see that again. You're right. And it's definitely shout out, to, shout out to Curry. Like you said, he's not our villain. He's not. 
I think maybe it was a little bit more just me being salty, man, but just the competitive me at, at your home court. And you're not even doing good. Like you, you kind of have a bad, you having a bad, you're in a bad stretch. Like it just kind of stunk for me. Um, they still the second best team in basketball when nobody thought they was going to be good. And if you look at his stats, he's up there with everybody. Um, so if Again. Golden State is if Golden State is the second best team, maybe arguably the Brooklyn Nets might be number one. They won. Um, they also played last night. They won at the Raptors. They played against the Raptors. Another team ravaged by COVID. They only had bro. They only had seven active players. Eight with KD, I believe. Eight with KD. He wasn't even supposed to play. He was, remember, he had a hurt foot. He was inactive. And then when all the other players became inactive due to healthy reasons and the safety protocol, then all of a sudden he had to play on that hurt foot and turned it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, thank God it. they were playing Toronto. But they needed it, though. Um, they needed it. 34-point triple-double. You said Steph Curry's the best player in the world. I highly disagree with that. I highly disagree with that. Because Kevin Durant is. And right now, this dude playing like a monster. Like, bro, you saw the other night he was guarding Trey Young. Talking about a seven footer, handles, guarding the other team's point guard, scoring 34 points. Like, yo, Chris, is, is he the MVP right now? No, I was just about to say real quick about the best player in the world thing. I would still choose KD because I think KD is a better team and individual defender. Um, MVP, I think. I mean, I don't know if he's a favorite because it's, it's it's pretty tough right now. But I mean, I th- I think he's up there right now, especially after last game, for sure. I mean, besides Curry, because you know MVP is an individual award, so you know besides Curry, I don't really see nobody at least like clear cut competition right now besides them two. So is they they def they clear cut is either one of those. I think, you know, sometimes this guy's over, overlooked, but Giannis is having a crazy season. And, and, and the Joker, the Joker winner last year, but that's another dude that just every night consistent. He He's another guy. His team's dealing with injuries, and he's still just putting up his numbers. Yeah. I, I didn't say Giannis, though, because I feel like in a situation where the voting will happen, you know how, like, MVP voting is, it's popular and all that shit. He's not going to get another one, I don't think. Yeah, he's not going to. Especially, especially how he got his two, I don't think he will get another one. At this point, I don't think he's he's in it yet. But listen, if the if the Bucks come out first place again in the East, then they got then they got the first record. And this dude, he's always gonna have the numbers. Like the numbers are gonna be there. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think I think it's those um those top three cut clear. Like uh, the Denver Nuggets are just not gonna be good enough for 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 Joker for for Jokic. I think it's those three. We no, he gets rejected too much, bro. Who? He, nah, but yo, Jokic, that dude, he be tripping, bro. He's a center, bro. Centers are different, bro. Those dudes are always the biggest, doofiest dude on the playground, bro. They don't know how to, when people start playing physical with them, they don't know what to do, bro. Shaq, people forget how violent Shaq was. Like, Shaq was really violent, bro. He was disrespecting. <laughs> I need to stay up. I need, I need to stay up, stay up more because I don't even, I don't ever be up for those Denver games. <laughs> Those are probably the games I watched the least. I, I have a true story. I watched Denver the least, I think, out of all the NBA. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's a uh, I maybe need to take a trip to Denver. I need to watch it live. That's probably the only way I watch it. <laughs> You're going to take a nice trip up there, man. 
Um, but is anybody else in that in that for you? Anybody else? Um, probably the only other person would be Trey Young if if Atlanta was to make a run late in the year. But probably the only person I throw in there. I I like the kid at Phoenix, but he just got hurt. Um, Booker, you talk about that Phoenix team, right? Is 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 Paul having great games? Um, what's the tall guy? They got a tall guy at center. Yeah, the other eight. Um, he has some pretty. He has some pretty good games some nights. So I mean, it, it, that team to me is more about the system. So if you're talking MVP, I think you're looking at those four. I think Giannis is probably in there as well. I, you know, LeBron. I, I think with LeBron being out so many games, I think that that hurts him. Unless, like, I, listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. Lakers make a run at the end. Don't LeBron is gonna be there for MVP, but let's believe that. But I think Giannis. It, Giannis is close. He look at his numbers. I mean, his numbers. If you tell me KD deserves to be MVP, I tell you Giannis has just as equivalent numbers as KD. I think just a little bit less in t- in terms of points, but he look at him and rebound. He he kills him a rebound. I mean, he's averaging a double double. I wish I could say that about Curry, but Curry's not averaging a double double in no categories. Giannis is. You know what I mean? He's out of that group. He's the only one I think averaging a double double. You know what I mean? I don't even think KD's at a double double. I think he only got like what eight rebounds or something like that. You know what I mean? Yo, I got I got Kia uh top five for MVP right now. They got they got Curry with one, 27 and a half with five and a half rebounds, six point three assists. They got KD with 28.4 points, about seven and a half rebounds. You could round it to eight, uh, about five and a half assists. They got Giannis with 27 and 11 and five assists. They got Jokic with 26 and 13 with seven assists. And they got Chris Paul at five with 14, four, and ten. So there's three people in MVP race having a triple double. I mean double double. In the NBA, it's always been about that. It's always been about points and how your team is doing. And then you know, then it starts to trickle down to different things as but usually those are like the top kind of two things. Like they usually take like at least back in the day, it was always like that. It was like whoever's the best team, like whatever team had the best record, they were gonna look at their best player. And if, if Booker stays out. And Phoenix continues to roll. Chris Paul starts to rise. Man, I was, I was, I really I was, was happy for Giannis. Oh, Demar Derozan, yeah, he's out too, though. He's out too, but yeah. I just think Demar, uh, Demar uh, to me is, is a limited player. So you know, when he's hot, when like he started off this year really good, and all his shots are going down, and when his shots are going down, he looks really good. But sometimes, you know, those are tough who's, shots that he's taking. Demar Derozan. Demar Derozan. I don't think he's that he's that number one. Right, that's just not it, bro. Unless you unless you KD like take or unless you like Kobe or Jordan like you live in taking away fadeaway fadeaway um mid range jump shots. That's a tough that's a tough living, bro. That's a tough living. I like I like shots. I like Levine. I like Levine more than I like Rosen or the Rosen. That's just me. I'm gonna remind you Toronto won after he left. For Demar, yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah, that must suck too. That must have sucked. <laughs> Bro, I will cry. That's happening. Only but only person worse than him is Showalter. But we'll talk about that when we get to the Mets. Mm, I, you know what? We're gonna close with that. We're gonna close with that because that was that was definitely on the on the thing. Um 
today is uh, the 14th December. Today is the day in the NBA where the people that were just signed are now eligible for trades. I think that this has been an interesting year. Um, parody, parody tricks teams in both ways. It makes teams think they're good sometimes or a team that maybe is doing okay will make a panic trade. And there's a and this NBA shape shaping up to be a lot, um, you know, really weird, especially with this trade that um, whether it's the the Portland situation with Dame Lillard wanting help or or wanting out or he never said that. I'm not let me not put it out like that like that, but you know, just that situation or the Ben Simmons saga. Um, what is it? What what is one trade that you would want to see happen, Chris, in the NBA before the trade deadline, just as a fan, like that you think would be cool? Mm. I think um, I would want to see Miles um, turn into the Celtics. That's probably my number one favorite. I feel like I feel like you put him on the Celtics. It's looking kind of scary. I don't know because guards. I feel like you could find a guard, so you don't need to trade for a guard. Honestly, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. If you're trading for a guard, you probably lose in that situation. But I feel like Miles Turner to the Celtics is probably the best one to me that I could think of at least. If I could search, if I search for, I probably find a better one. But on the top of my head, that I want personally. Because he need to get out of Indiana, bro. They ruined him, but Miles turned to the Celtics would be mine. I like turning to the to the Warriors, but oh, what's yours? How about um how about you send us a bonus from Indiana to Golden State? I mean you got, you got Weissman. I mean, though though he's good, what is he doing for you this year? Nothing. Ship up to Indiana. Indiana's willing to take him. And then you throw in a few other people into that deal. Will Indiana make that happen? Weissman is is a real good prospect. Do you trade Sabonis for Weissman? Throw in a few other. But does Sabonis with his passing ability fit right in in Golden State and serves as that big man? I'm going to just remind you that Golden State was the best and won the title with Gobert. They need that big man. They haven't had him. Bogan. They haven't had him since he left. They haven't. I mean, even the years KD was there, he was there. It was, they were a different team when you had that big man. They haven't had that. Remember where um, Steve Kirk came from? He came from. He came from. Um, he came from uh, uh, Phil Jackson. And still in Popovich too, but he but he likes running. He likes running triangles. He played, he, if he could throw he the ball played, in, he played the field, but he coached uh-huh. under under Pop, under yeah. San Antonio. Yeah, that's where you got the motion. But I'm just saying that he he likes running triangle things. When he had David Lee in there, like you said, when he had Bogut in there, he likes to pass from the middle and then and then work off of that. So I, that is a good one. He likes big um, men who could pass. I think mine is as a, I would just really like to see the Ben Simmons thing get solved, man. A, a real cool trade that I heard, and I'm gonna throw this one at you, Chris, and tell me who who you think says no. Obviously, you gotta match the salaries, but. Miles Bridges from Charlotte, Charlotte, the Hornets, for Ben Simmons. Who says no? No, the Hornets uh, say no. They already got a guard. Lamelo's, uh, Lamelo's the point guard. Miles Bridges is up and coming. You lose in value. <laughs> Hell no. And plus, the Sixers want OD great. for Ben Simmons. Let's not forget that though. Mm. They want at least they want at least three first rounders. And they That's want an a actual point guard. They want a point guard coming back their way. Because, I mean, the Sixers got guards, but they're young and they're not consistent. So, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of you, teams that, that could benefit from a trade. You didn't, even talk, about, 
You didn't even talk about the monkey in the room. So why was the the Sixers contacting Portland because they felt like they had a point guard, but Portland was getting salty because they didn't want to answer the calls. <laughs> to the point to the point where they, the owner screamed at the other owner saying Damian Lillard ain't going nowhere. As much as I would love Damian Lillard in, in New York, I think that if if I don't know though, that that's the shit about this. Like we just we don't know what's really gonna like we don't know how the person is talking or acting or you know what I mean? But if I knew that Damian Lillard was wanted out, you know what I mean? Like in a year would want to be traded, that Ben Simmons trade makes a lot of sense, bro. I don't know. A week ago, I heard he said that he wanted to play with Ben Simmons. I don't know if that's true, though. No, I could. I could. He never had that, bro. He never had like a big team that was just built around him. Look, look who's his running mate, CJ McCollum. Great player, but another another perimeter score. Do you trade him for Ben Simmons? If I'm who? If I'm Portland, hell yeah. Yeah, I want to do you trade Ben Simmons for that kid if you tell me that literally says he wants to play with Ben Simmons? This is going to sound disrespectful, but how much better is CJ McCollum than Seth Curry? He's 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 probably better than him. In, in general? They yeah, might but, be but, I'm saying, but that's why you could part ways with him. But I'm saying that my point is that what does the, that really do for your team? Then I'll... I, I think that why Philly is waiting for so long is because this move that they're trying to make with Ben Simmons has to be like a championship move for them. No, true. Sure. That's what they're waiting for. I think they're waiting for that yeah. player that when they put him with Embiid, now you're in the in contention for the East. Like that's what the Lakers thought when they signed Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> Who says no? Who says no? Uh, the Knicks or the or the Lakers? Kemba for for Westbrook. Bro, that trade is just dog shit. The Knicks. <laughs> That trade is just dog shit. Yo, if the Knicks entertain that deal, then I know they're crazy. Yo, I called it though, oh. Remember episode one, you could go back and watch it. I called McBride. I said, that kid is a player. I told you, I'm not, not McBride, excuse me, about Grimes, Queen Grimes. Oh, okay. Grimes. I mean, he hit a few three pointers, but he's got to do it. He's another kid that's in that protocol thing. He's yeah. in that protocol. <laughs> he's in the... So um, he's unfortunately. God bless. But yeah, I, 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 the Knicks got young players, man. It's just, it's just a little frustrating because we thought they were going to be further along. Um, I'll tell you who else thought they were going to be further along: <laughs> the G men. Um, another, another, another week where the locals, both locals, Jets and Giants, lose. We go, we coming up on on decisions as, in the NFL as expected. As ex, as expected at this point. We're coming up on decision time in the NFL, and the one thing that's different, both both teams suck. <laughs> both, both Jets and Giants both suck. Um, I think that the one, uh, one key difference is it looks like one coach, one coach is clearly, you know, this is his first year. He's just coming in, but it also looks like the other on the, at the other end, the other coach is coming out. So I just wanted to ask a, uh, just a couple coach-related, like us, Joe, how long do you think before you can tell if a coach is good or not? Two years. Two years? Depending on different factors, obviously. One would be how the culture is with the team when he's there, how the players respond to game planning that he does or calls that he makes. Um, for example, I think Jara Hallball does a great job with that, like establishing a culture and you know, getting the players behind him. I think 
you know, you want a coach that, that you that you that you could fight for. You know what I mean? Like Mike Vrabel in, in Tennessee, he's a good example of what a great of a good coach could be and what a great coach could do for a team is that's in the hole, you know, before he got there. The Titans weren't were really that much, but then when he got the UC that they, they changed, you, you know, they went to a championship. You know, now they're a competitive team. I think two years is good enough, though. you know, for culture, seeing how a team runs with them, things like that. I think what more what's more important is with the coach is the coordinator that he brings into that offensive and defensive coordinator picks. I think those those really change what you could judge for the coach to be and how he's doing. I think I think I think when it comes to coaching, I think it's very much like Chris said. I just don't think there's a timetable to it, right? I think you see people falling in line. The true definition of a leader is: Do you have the ability to lead people? Will people follow you, right? Will the team fall in line? Will the team do the things that you want to do, right? And then it just depends on what kind of coach you are. Are you a disciplinarian like the way Coffin was, which means how he's judged whether he's doing a good job coaching is: Are we keeping the penalties down? Right. Are we owning the line of scrimmage? Right. There are certain principles that a coach is going to say, OK, well, if my team did this, I did a great job of coaching. Coaching is about preparation. It's not really about winning. Right. Because sometimes you don't have the players to win. You can do the best coaching job and not have the right players and can't win. Right. So, I mean, you can't always judge them by wins and losses. You judge them by how hard the team is playing. They never give up. And he's able to do the things that they want to do with the pieces that they have. And I think that that's how you judge coaches. But more importantly, is you want them to you want them to have control of the team, the locker room. There aren't like factions. There isn't people throwing stones, if you know what I mean, at the people who's making the decisions over there. And I think that's how you judge the team. And then, as longevity comes, you really what you're judging is is more the general manager. Does he have a plan that the head coach can execute, right? And then that's how you go into like scouting, free agency, draft, and everything like that. What is, what is it that you look for? Like you guys gave great answers. You both kind of mentioned stuff that you look for, but I wanted like concrete, specific things, not wins and losses. Like, cause we're not in the building. Like I'm just talking, we're talking strictly as a fan now. Things that we can actually see. What is things that you look for to, to tell you that a coach is doing good? I would say um, integrity. Resilience, those are probably the two biggest, you know, resilience when it comes to if you're down, can you keep the players engaged in the game? Or if you're having a down season, like during that, I feel like the best coaches during those kind of seasons, they find ways to create momentum for the next one. And that's what keeps, that's what keeps, you know, well, I mean, in their perspective, their job safe, but that also keeps, you know, the organization with that hope that they would have for success. And then um, integrity when it comes to just, you know, establishing, like I said before, that culture and making sure nothing deters it from that and not allowing the players to be bigger than what they should be, like to keep it as a team and not just individuals just pouring over with all those egos and everything like that. I would say for me, those are those those are the two biggest ones that I could think of. Right, I would tell you very, very similar to what he said. I think starting with integrity. Um, and I think the second really is you're a man of your word, right? Like, like whatever you commit to doing, and this is my problem with get on is I was going to change. I was going to make sure I improved the offensive line four years later. We don't have an improved offensive line, but that being said, every Coughlin team that you had, you knew they were going to do one thing and that didn't matter if he was in Jacksonville, 
it, that didn't matter if he was with the Giants or that mean he went back to Jacksonville. The first thing he did was what? Draft Fournier, right? What is he, a Coughlin team is going to do? Run the football. They're going to run the football. So when you talk about establishing a culture, it's committing to what you say you're going to do, right? So if you want to win, show me your winning formula. All right. It was clear what Coughlin wanted to do. He wanted to run the ball, which minimized your turnovers, right? He didn't want to put too much pressure on your quarterback, which is probably why Peyton, uh, Eli Manning became such a great quarterback that he was, right? Is because they didn't unleash him. They didn't let him do always what he wanted to do, right? Sometimes you have to save people from themselves because I think if Eli did what he wanted to do, he would have thrown way more picks. <laughs> With that being said, right? You ran the ball and then you played defense. He always drafted defensive linemen, hence why we had Tuck. Hence why we had J uh, Pierre Paul, right? If you think about the Giants' years that they were really good, our defensive lineman was Stella. Then we, we, we accompanied that with some really good li athletic linebackers, and we had some pretty good corners. That was the formula. And, and Coughlin pretty much stuck to it the years that we were good. I think that's how you judge a quarterback, uh, a coach, right? Are you going to be able to do what you say you're going to do when you go somewhere? And I should have I just clarified because it is different sport to sport. In, in in small detail things, but we are talking about f football coaches. Um, so yeah, I agree with. You. I think I, I think you guys nailed it too. Most of the things that I would have said. Um, what's your specialty? What's it that you're coming in like with Rex Ryan when he was a Jet coach? He wanted to ground the pound. You knew he was going to run the ball. He's going to play defense, and that's what his team did. For one one them games or lost them games, but you know that's what they were going to do. And I think that he that is very important. Baltimore. I think it's very right. important to create that 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 mantra of just you know that identity of what the team is i think that's very important and i also want another another underrated thing is is just like your young players like i, I always look for that like i want to see people that the team drafted i want to see them getting better there's obviously was a belief in this play in this organization you know what i mean and it's not it's not one guy like there's maybe one guy making the final decision but it's a collaborative thing so multiple people thought this person was good you wasted picks on them. I want to see young players develop. That's usually the main the main things for me with NFL coaches. Just that, that was my biggest problem with Matt Nagy too in Chicago. That you move up to get Mr. Trubisky and you shit the bed. Then you move to get Justin Fields and you don't create that kind of you wasn't expecting for a quarterback like that. Then you try to make a game plan for Andy Dalton. I don't really that's, I mean, in my opinion, when it comes to Chicago, not to get off topic, but they're not gonna move, they're not gonna go nowhere till he fired. That's, yeah, he, uh, that's a perfect, that's actually a perfect guy to bring up to say the opposite. Like he literally came in as the as the offensive genius. That was his calling card, and he hasn't been able to do it. He's on, he's they're on their second quarterback. You know, to be fair, I don't know who would have succeeded with Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> and they had they had decent teams around that time. Like they had. A running game, they had to Cohen, and they had a few players back then. Like the, the Bulls put players around Trubisky, but I just don't think he would have succeeded anywhere. So that was probably just a bad selection. Um, uh, last thing, real quick on the football locals, Jets or Giants? Who you think is in the um, who you think is in the worst position? Um, in a position that I would want to be in, I think I would want to be in the Jets. I feel like restructuring a team with players is a lot easier than trying to find a new coach and GM combination to work with the players. You know, because players you could draft, trade, 
things of that nature. I mean, it's more because I believe in Robert Sala. I think, I think with just the right environment, he could do a good job. The Giants, I kind of feel, I kind of feel a similar about Joe Judge, but I think they have a bigger issue because of the who's the problem in the organization. I feel like the owner and the GM are a bigger problem than the coach, and I feel like that's a harder thing to tackle, especially when the owner has been there for a while, and then their GM choices reflect on the direction they could go in or that they would want to go in in the future. So I'll probably say I would want to be I would want to be in the just position. I think I think that I think they just have more more to work with. I think I'm the opposite. I would want to be in the Giants position. I just feel like you have more pieces in place already, and you have an opportunity to change front office, head coach, and quarterback all in the same year. I think if you ask me if I want to be in that position, if I'm a GM coming into a job like this, I think I would want to be able to control that matrix right there. I would want to control who's the GM, who's the head coach, and who's my quarterback. And if I have the ability to set that with the other players that they have, I think they're really good on the defensive side of the ball. They've already picked up Barclay for another season, so he's there next year, right? Um, so I think at this point in time, you have the pieces in place. Do, do you, you want to rebuild? You take the draft picks and you pick players and you try to rebuild through the draft, right? I mean, you could always try to go get a free agency quarterback, right? Or you try to make a trade, right? Or you want to gamble? I really, I, I could tell you, I sit here hoping that the guy in New Orleans becomes available at the end of this year. Because then he, I feel two out of those three positions right there. You Right? I mean, that that's the way I'm looking at it. Then, now it's up to him to decide who he wants as quarterback. Does he want to mold? Does he want to bring somebody in? Or does he want to get a veteran and, and accelerate this whole process? Because you know what? My defense might be ready to win next year. I love the fact that you guys both went opposite ends. So now I could just be the, I could just be that asshole for both. <laughs> I'm gonna just be half empty for both. I don't know if they're both in a terrible position right now. The Jets. No, true. Guess what, guys? We might have got the quarterback and coach wrong again. <laughs> I'm nervous, guys. He's this is Zach Wilson. He's he's literally throwing one hops on screens. I I don't know, bro. I don't know. Um. And then on the on the giant side, like yeah, it's optimistic. It's all rainbows if Sean Payton comes and Russell Wilson comes. But guess what? Todd, we'll get to this. Todd, Todd McShay just released the mock draft. There's no quarterbacks in in the top ten. There's no real stud. Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck, stud in the draft. If you pick the right coach, um, who did you pick last time? McAdoo or who? McAdoo, 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 like. I get it. He we could possibly. A, he was supposed to be an offensive genius, but we didn't get to see it. And then never were. And then anybody's offensive genius. We got Aaron Rodgers. Let's be honest. Let, no, no, but let's be honest. Was he not the real reason why we drafted Barkley? No. No. You in that draft, you take the best. They took the best player available. He was. He was gone already. He was gone already. Barkley was the second. Sure. Who was the other coach? Uh, what's What's your man's name? Um, the offensive coordinator. The other guy. Who's your other coach? Who's the Giants' last coach? I'm trying to find him right now. I know who you're talking about, though. I forgot his name. Um, and it wasn't McAdoo? No. No. Before, uh, right after McAdoo, it's um Shermer. Pat yeah, Shermer. Pat Shermer. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah he actually came from the Vikings. He came yeah. from the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And that's McAdoo, why the McAdoo drafted um McAdoo drafted Odell. That was that was the coach during Odell. Hey, he made he might he was he was part of the reason why Odell became famous because that he was they was targeting Odell boy <laughs> with the McAdoo offense they was getting aboard of Odell. I mean, I mean, if that was Victor Cruz's offense, Victor Cruz and Odell had some really great first years. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Pressure maroon the Giants to be honest with you. Think about it. Nine and twenty-three in in a year or in two years. That's crazy. But um, first round we drafted and we traded those. Who the Jets or the Giants? Both. I think the Giants are. I think the Jets are are selecting. Mm. So so who you think so so. If you said if you trading both those picks, you're talking big time. So we we going big fish hunting here. Don't forget about the kid in Houston. That's not too high. That's not too soon. You think? I think it's close to being. I, I think it's close to being resolved. I think. And I'm here, 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 here in Miami, ready to pull the trigger. So I think he's playing. I heard he's going to Miami. I know that they already did. They already did gentleman agreement type shit on it. So we're gonna see. I think I think he's gonna play next year too. I think you're right about that. I think I've heard he's going to Miami. Hey, like I like to say on this podcast, I'll drive Zach Wilson to LaGuardia myself. <laughs> if that kid, if that kid gets cleared up in the courts, if Deshaun Watson. Can I throw? Can, can, there ain't no quarterbacks available. You give Roethlisberger a chance? I don't know. Ooh. It's a transition. Transition year, you can't bring nobody back. You don't want to do Jan Jones. So you give Roethlisberger one year with the wide receivers you have. I'm going to say yes, only because I was actually going to ask you, do you give Ryan Fitzpatrick a a try? And if you're going to give Ryan Fitzpatrick a try, I'll definitely give Roethlisberger a year. Like you said, in a a transitional way for the – potentially you could wait for the kid out of Bama. He said – I'm done with the Steelers. He didn't say he was retired. Mm. I don't know. Better stay away from that old ass man. Yo, I'm gonna be honest though. That's a way to save your job though, Chris. That is a way, bro. Listen, if I know everybody thinks Gettleman is gone, but there's a chance I, I'm telling you that if he brings him in, you are telling me that I'm just yeah, one more year with with a veteran and then you hope just to see what you got with the young, you know what I mean? And you hope Maybe. that there's a quarterback the following year waiting for you in the draft coming out of college, and then you can transition them, but you get one more year. If nobody's coming out in the first round, nobody's NFL ready. Damn, I think if you do that, you have to know you're going to get a quarterback, not hope. Because if you hope, then you don't get one, then then you're in trouble. I think you you gotta you gotta know. You gotta be you gotta be scouting for the next four years. You gotta know. That gotta be like a like a concrete thing. Because if you get Roethlisberger, and let's say he gets hurt, then you got no backup, then you shit, you shit the bed. Then you don't get, and then let's say someone moves up and steals the quarterback. I mean, you got you, you still got Danny Jones under contract. You give yeah, Ben Roethlisberger a one year deal, but then you give Ben a one year deal for next year or, or the year after the next year. Just for the one year, that's it. Because then why not just keep Daniel Jones then for the next year? Yeah, you have him already, but I don't think he can run the offense like Roethlisberger. Can That's what I'm saying. Unless you just don't think he's 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 good enough. But I mean, you would rather yeah. you would rather a Ben Roethlisberger that has to learn the offense, whether he's a better or not. But then Daniel Jones already there, and I think he was he's more That's athletic than Ben Roethlisberger, and he can offer more than he could because just because he's young. 
with Ben, especially if you don't have a good offensive line, you're just going to kill, no? Not if he gets rid of the ball fast enough. That's what I'm saying. We keep talking about offensive line, bro. And I think it's just the Jets and Giants suck so bad that we just keep convincing ourselves that the offensive line is terrible. It's not, bro. I'm telling you, the NFL is a coaching league, bro. You just gotta, you just gotta, you gotta have have a system, bro. Like I honestly believe that, bro. Like I don't think the Giants got talent, man. Do they run it back? He, he just he he was ten and zero last year before that linebacker got hurt. And then, and then it went downhill, and now we're giving up on him. I don't think he's done. Nah, he. What what was that last game they just played? Was, was it the Ravens game? Nah, he could still play. No, like, the, he's the, the Vikings, no. Vikings, yeah, right. Um, he's obviously on the decline. Like he's in the back nine, whatever the golf <laughs> the golf thing is. But he can still make that throw, bro. And he and he knows NFL defenses. He's gonna know when you're covered two and you're man to man. Like those those are the benefits. Of just having the veteran back there, bro. I'm telling you, even like, yo, believe it or not, and this is embarrassing to say as a Jet fan, but the bet the best quarterback season the Jets have have had in maybe 20 to 30 years, depending what I would have to look at, you know, Champ Champ Pennington and Testaverde stats was Ryan Fitzpatrick, bro. <laughs> just a veteran who knew how to run the offense and just threw it up, threw it up there to Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker and let him make plays. Like yeah. sometimes that's all it is. I test the birdie had one really good year if you look back at it. But other than that, I mean I know I know what you're saying. I listen, I I think next year you determine where's Barkley. Right? You have good wide receivers. So if you got somebody who can get him the ball and that doesn't cost too much money and you could focus on your O-line, I would do that. I don't know. I mean it, it, just think about it like this. If you go get Roethlisberger, it doesn't cost you your first two rounds. He's going to be available as a free agent. Yeah. Yes. Then you could still use your picks to draft on the defensive side of the ball or one each. I just think a veteran quarterback, if we can't get like a young kid, ain't a bad decision for a one-year transition. Not at all. Especially for a prove-it year for, for Judge. Like, Judge, like if, you bring, if you bring Judge backs and by all accounts – they're going to bring them back, then you need to show something. Like, you would need a, at least a, a 500 record. Or at the very least, you need to start out high. You need to hope Ben Roethlisberger, even if he ends up getting hurt in the fifth game, you need to hope that he wins and he starts out two and three. So at least you could calm everything down and you could coach, bro. You come out next season and you start off on four, coming down the hot seat, like, that's when, you know what I mean? That's when the job is Yo, freaking... I'll take a chance on Tyrod Taylor. Mm. That's way better than Big Ben. If he can stay on the field, he'll produce. That's another thing, though. That's another dude that's never on the field. He's never on the field. Yeah. But if you bring in that kind of quarterback for that plan, are you tanking or are you trying to win? You won your transition deal, and you're trying to see what you could do because there's nobody available to draft. So you can't build. You got to know if the coach is, is a good coach. Like, is it Daniel Jones? Is it just that the offense sucks? Because, you know what I mean? Is it that or is it Judge? I think that that would be the only reason you would bring in a veteran, which is which is worth it. Like, if you think the Judge is actually a good coach, give him a veteran, let him go out there, let him win, let him go 500, prove well, that he can coach clear. in this league. Judge is not making the quarterback any better. That's not his side of the ball. 
So at the end of the day, it's your offensive coordinator or if you're bringing in a quarterback coach. It's the only one that's going to help your quarterback. And I don't think we're at that stage. I think I think we're done with the, the whole Jacob, what's his name, Dan Jones experiment. I, I, listen, I'm going to say it like I said it before. If I bring anybody out of Duke, we better be talking about Knicks basketball, not Giants football. <laughs> I think yeah, Jason Garrett ruined the offense, in my opinion, though, to be honest. Because play calling has something to do with it, too. If you call bad plays, can you really blame a quarterback at that point, then? Listen, I've seen bad plays from a home, and I've seen them make good plays out of them. <laughs> it, what can That's you do, thing. man? You never like what's the what's the thing? Uh, God damn, I forgot the old phrase in football. Every every play that you make is designed to work. <laughs> like it's supposed to work. Every play. Um, you do a draw play on third and twelve. You think it's gonna work? Right, if you got Barry Sanders, you could do a draw play on third and twelve, and you still getting it. Emma Smith would have been good for a third and twelve. Yeah, would have got all on. Or if you're playing the Jets, either one. You either have to have a a Hall of Fame running back or be playing against the Jets and it'll work out for you just fine. I'm going to say Jacksonville just because I don't want to shit on the Jets. You know what I mean? I'm going to say Jacksonville. I was about to say, the New York York team situations is way better than what's happening in Jacksonville. They about to jump their coach. Jump their coach? He looks like public enemy number one right now. Has there been another college coach that has failed so epically? Because let's be honest, a lot of them have failed. But now this bad, though. This bad one. Chip Kelly. Like I think a, I think Chip Kelly was worse. Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly was bad, but no, Chip Kelly had a first a good first year though. Remember, Chip Kelly won ten games his first one year, year. Right. And, then, and then it melted away. Let's look at this urban situation, but keep going. But keep going. Go ahead. How about Spurrier? Oh yeah, he's Spurrier. He went to Washington and did nothing but a. <laughs> There's been a lot of them, to be honest with you. Yeah. There's not been too many college coaches that have succeeded, honestly. It's really not. How about how about I mean, it and and some take a while, which is why I think there's so much question about judge. Okay, I'll give you a few examples. Belichick, first job was with um, Cleveland Browns. They fired him. Didn't do that great. Second time in New England, created a dynasty. Right, the kid in Seattle. Wait, I mean, he did make the playoffs though. And- in Cleveland, yeah, it wasn't that good. That dog pound. No, no, but yeah, I, I agree. Though my, I, I shouldn't have interrupted because you're right. He wasn't on that. They, they, they didn't. He wasn't on. They, that they, they weren't going anywhere, right? As a team and organization under his tutelage, they wasn't going anywhere. How about the guy in Seattle? The guy in Seattle used to coach Ooh, a New York team, fact. right? And they weren't any good. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Went back to USC, learned a little bit more. Then went to Seattle. Second time around was a lot better, right? I mean, Pete Carroll, great one, great. Coach. I'm gonna say the biggest, the biggest college coach ever. Nick Saban was terrible in Miami. <laughs> Did we forget Nick yeah. Saban? The I will not of- be the next coach of LSU, and then next <laughs> week he was the coach of LSU. <laughs> oh no, he went to Alabama. That's when he went to Alabama. Okay, I thought that was his. Right. No, that's when he left and went. He did. He's right. He didn't go back to LSU. He went to Alabama. He created <laughs> Alabama. So I, I just say that because I think I think when you talk about college coaches and NFL coaches, I think two different ball games. There's also another one, Chad Gailey. If I'm right, Chad Gailey for the Jets. The All ultimate right? one. He was Jimmy he's actually, Johnson. I mean, but Jimmy Johnson won in in the, in the U. And but he won with Dallas. 
Yeah, right. yeah, that's what they, they, yeah, they were great. Yeah, they were great on both levels. You know, there's been a few. I mean, Lou Holtz. I don't know if you know Lou Holtz, which is the former Notre Dame coach. He was the great. He Notre didn't even Dame last coach. the whole yeah. season, right, with the Jets. Right, right. Yeah. Miserable, and that was Montana's coach. That was Montana's coach in college, but not the same. You know what I mean? They're two different, two different leagues, two different worlds. And and it's it's crazy it's crazy that Chris brought that up too because I think I want to ask you guys about that because this Urban Meyer situation has been crazy. Just the stories that you hear coming out of this, like, man. Yo, you know what I saw today? I I heard that in a practice in August, he went to his kicker. He said, "Make kicks," and he kicked him in the leg that he kicked with. Yeah, he kicked in him practice. Said, Make the kicks, dipshit. I mean, that's old school mentality. I yeah. bet you he got away with that shit in college, bro. He got away with it in college. Just in the NFL, they're going to look at you like, nigga, why are you kicking me? I'm a pro. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not trying to make your team. Mm-hmm. It's old school mentality. Do you remember Rex Ryan? Uh, do you remember Rex Ryan's father, Buddy Ryan? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember the playoff game where he punched What's the offensive the coordinator in the, yeah, yeah. In the mouth? What's his Kevin name? He was, the, he was the Giants coach. Yeah, he was the Giants um. Offensive coordinator. Yeah, Kevin right? Gilbride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it gets heated on the sideline. <laughs> Yo. Son, you know what I always think about coaches being crazy? Do y'all remember that when Mike Tomlin tried to trip the Ravens player down the sideline? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be sneaky. Like, you ain't see him. Yeah, like, ain't see him. Like, yo, there's only, one, there's only one dude running to the end zone by himself, and you didn't see him. Come on, bro. Oh, man. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm gonna tell you. I mean, is that, coach is that worse than Shaw Payne with Bounding Gate, though? He let that rock. <laughs> but 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 honestly, let's be real. Bounty Gate was always the other damn. What what's what's the um defensive coordinator's name Greg, now? Oh? Greg like, it was Greg Williams and Greg Williams. <laughs> Greg Williams. No, but Greg, Greg Williams. Williams more. You want to talk about old school football? That Greg Williams is literally the definition yeah, of it. Man. They was paying people to hurt people. I mean, think about that. That's- Yo, but people don't remember this. If you don't remember this, Google this, y'all. I'm telling you. They literally ended Kurt Warner's career that year. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Bro, he threw a pick. <laughs> he threw a pick in like one of the DNs or the or D tackle on some on some crackback shit. And really like, yo, bro, that was one of the worst hits I ever seen on a quarterback, bro. Crack this shit. So yeah, they was on some. They was not playing that year. They was coming for it. They 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 wanted to get it in blood, bro. But you remember, I mean, they to a certain degree. I mean, when you talk about Kurt Warner, when you talk about Kurt Warner, when you talk about Kurt Warner, is that karma? How did Kurt Warner start with the St. Louis Rams? Oh yeah, son got injured. What? Was it Marvin Harrison on Trent Green's knee? Completely ruptured his knee in preseason, and then all of a sudden became Kurt Warner. So it's it's funny how you said how his career ended with the knee, how he actually got his opportunity. This might not even make the podcast because this is a quick tangent. My bad. We we'll we'll keep we'll get we'll we'll finish up with Buck in a second, but. I often think of like great, great, great NFL players that just like literally get forgotten. Like, yo, bro, there's literally monstros. Like, there's monsters, bro. They'll tell him. You want me to give you one? You want me to give you one? Yep. I was going to ask you for that. Andre Johnson. 
Andre Johnson. And that's and he's not even he's up there. Don't get me wrong, he's definitely up there. But there's other guys like, like yo, remember this? The Rams had a running back called Steven Jackson. Bro, this dude was like but six he wasn't five crazy, and ran like a gazelle. Yes, he did, bro. He had like he, he was seven crazy, straight though. years of receiving and running. Like, yo, he was hold a on, monster. Hold on, hold on. The Braves, yeah. The yeah, the Braves. Yeah. No, oh, he's, yeah, he's yeah, with the dreads. The birds. Yes, with the yeah. dreads. Yes, my bad. The dreads. Yeah. Yeah, um, remember there was Ricky a wide receiver. Ricky Williams, another one, bro. Ricky Williams. But Ricky Williams oh. couldn't stop smoking weed. <laughs> he couldn't stay off the weed. Maurice Jones Drew. Yeah. Maurice Jones Drew. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, Ricky Williams used to only do interviews with his helmet on. How <laughs> smacked he was. No, that's a true story. That's a true story. He only did interviews with his helmet on. Yo, Drew, you watch uh Pat McAfee podcast? Um, I've I've seen it. I'm not that like I, I like it though. It's a good show. Uh, he was on. He was on there. And he explained that whole shit with the helmet. I think. Oh, okay. I think some. I think. I think he came off of practice one time, and I forgot what happened. That a reporter made a joke, and then he didn't like it, so then he wore the helmet on purpose because no one else. Because like it's like rubble shit. Yo, bro, he really could. He really quit the NFL for weed, bro. And don't get me wrong. Like that's to me is more fucked up that they actually made him do that. Like, bro, bro, this is a medicinal shit. But like. He he did that, and, he, and and I always loved him too because he always admitted that his favorite his favorite way to smoke is with a blunt. So shout out to Ricky Williams. Um, yo, oh, any any wide receiver though, any wide receiver that's like was just so freaking beast, like for maybe like nine years, just a killer, and you just forget about him. Yeah, Antonio Freeman. Mm, um, who? Green Bay. Antonio oh, okay, okay. I, I, I got confused. I thought he was a 49er. Yeah, yeah, I think I knew yeah, he was talking about Donald yeah. Driver from Green Bay, too. Yeah, but Antonio Freeman was that man. He's he's the dude other than Sterling Shepard that mm-hmm. put Green Bay on the map. When Brett Favre was young, he used to break his fingers running slants. He would break Antonio Freeman. They would just tape him together. He wouldn't come out the game. And you don't even hear about him right now. And He had a 1,400-yard season. That's crazy. Even guys that haven't even been gone that long, like Antonio Gates, like he's just forgotten. Like, yo, dude, no, he, he a legend, though. He a revolutionized legend. tight ends. Like, yeah. no, yeah, legend, Gates. I mean, they would remember there was that wave when when NFL went to basketball to go find tight ends. And Tony Gonzalez probably started. Yeah, it started with Tony Gonzalez. I would say a lot of people don't remember. That's where Peppers came from. Mm-hmm. Julius Peppers played at the University of North Carolina, and then he mm-hmm. also played football. Jimmy there was Curry another too. guy. You remember Curry? He's playing the Raiders. He played Ra- basketball UNC. He was a a wide receiver for the Raiders. Last name Curry. Okay. Okay. He, right, and he also was the point guard at UNC, but he didn't go to the league in the NBA. But he was good enough. That's dope. I love to. I love to sport athletes, bro. That shit mm-hmm. is fire. They sport I mean, homeboy in Arizona. Uh, and, he, and, he played, and, he, and he played minor league baseball, like Russell Wilson. Yeah, Yo, that's another example of the coach thing too. He was actually a failed coach. He got fired, like literally before he got hired as the Arizona coach. He was fired from one of those Big Ten, uh, Pac twelve, Texas Tech, Texas Tech. Who's the coach in Arizona? Had, um, 
Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Cliff Kingsbury. Yep. He was tested. He was um Mahomes' coach in college. Oh, so Kansas, Kansas State. Uh, no, no, no. I think that's te- uh, Texas Tech. Yeah, Texas Tech. Okay. So that was Dalton School. I think that's where Dalton came from. No, no, no. Dalton is um. TCU? I don't think so. Yes, 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 yes. I was going to say a purple school. I thought it was ECU, but it's TCU. Yeah, yep, yep, TCU. yep, yep. Where, where Ladanian, um, where LT came from. That's where Ladanian yep. Thomas was. Yep. Some frogs. Some frogs or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that uniform. They're cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Yo, Steve Anderson right, was a monster, bro. Yeah, yeah I'm telling you, bro. Yo, yo he, he had 1,500 yards. He had 90 receptions for 806. Yeah. Bro, he, he caught the ball monster. 80% of the time. Yeah, he was their he offense, bro. MVP. Yeah, Check, he might have won MVP because he was one man show. Bro, he was a monster, bro. And even like he I say, right after, receivers. Wasn't he? He was with the Rams. It was right after they went yeah, the greatest the show on turf. Mm-hmm. He came like they literally greatest show on turf. Two thousand four. Stephen Jackson. <laughs> Stephen Jackson. They can never build around him. <laughs> That's when they had them. What's his, what's what's homeboy's name? Bolger. Mark Bolger was the yeah. quarterback. Yep. Yeah. Tim Bolger. Tom, Tom and who was their coach? They had a really good coach too. Um, Vermeil. Vermeil. Was it Vermeil? Dick Vermeil. Okay. I mean, that was who won it with Kurt Warner, no? Because you know, I don't know if you know that, but he's the same coach that won with Philly and Ron Jaworski. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he retired, and then he came back. College coach on. too. Yeah, and then he came. Dick Vermeil came back to coach later on. Um, talking about coaches trying to make a comeback. We'll end on this. Buck Showalter. Again, MLB locked out, man. But by all accounts, front runner, bro, front runner. Um, but supposedly he's gonna get hired. The rest is just all accounts. Money. Yeah, from all from no, any, I, from I think papers, the rest, everybody. Yep. Now, once I think once Max Scherzer came out and said that he would love to play for him, I think that was a sign sealed with him. And I really think, between you and I, I really think everybody knew he was going to be the coach. I think that's why the general manager was selected. Because he he had, remember, they had history with the Yankees. Yeah, that's a Yeah, that was the Yankees manager. When he when he was the assistant general manager under Brian Cashman, Showalter was the Yankees coach. So they went when they knew they was going to bring show up the back. They did research to figure out who else can he be good with, general manager wise, and that's where they got Epler. Epler. I'm gonna tell you like this: if they go out and get Chris, Chris Bryant, I'm gonna be even happier. Oh, you got two studs, like studs, though. Like, I, but only if they stay on the field. But only if they stay on the field. You you took one being thirty. Those are horses. Do y'all even remember Balsifer, Wilson, and Isringhausen? Oh, um, for the Mets, the the jet the, it was Generation K. The great, yeah, they were they're supposed to be the next great hope. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the only one who did anything was Isringhausen. He became the closer, like, like for the Cardinals, but the all Cardinals. the other guys kind of, yeah, they, they were bums. Happened so, happened I mean, with the with the with the Yankees too. We had Jabba Chamberlain, Phil Hughes, and Ian Kennedy, and and none of what. And funny enough, Ian Kennedy became a solid like fifth pitcher, but that's it. A closer, and he also was a closer for Arizona for a while. Mm-hmm. Right, but but so that that the difference is Scherzer has been way more established, right, than than any of these guys that we mentioned. But it's about whether they can stay on the field. If they can, stay, if, you could tell me that each of them give me 
35 starts, I'll tell you, we're going to be a very good team. But that, it got to be – each of them got to make at least 30 starts this year. 30 starts. You never know with pitching, man. But going by the back of the baseball club, we're talking about studs. We're talking about horses, bro. These are not, like, injury-prone guys. Like, they did most of the time. Yo, Drew, if they both give me 30 starts, that's 60 games. I'm a little bit less than halfway through the season. Bro, I'm excited about the Mets, bro. I think they got a lot of they got a lot of shit going for them. They got upsides, but it's got to happen. No, it got to happen. It got to happen. I just I, I really want to see the Buck thing happen for them. I really want to see Buck get another another opportunity, especially here in New York. That would be such a that would be such a fairy tale like storybook ending that he never you know he didn't get the ring with the Yankees like you said left right before the dynasty. Right. Got close with the Texas Rangers. Got close. Even last time Baltimore Orioles were good was with him. That would be that would be yo, so I, good for him. Yo, be fine. I will smack you. I will smack you in your face. You want to know why? Because Buck Showalter also coached the Arizona Diamondbacks that ultimately beat the Yankees, and they fired him the year before. And Bob Brenly took over, and he lost that one too. Yeah. So he didn't only build one championship team with the Yankees. He built two. Absolutely. I don't know. I forgot the Diamondbacks when they had uh, Randy Johnson. Yeah, actually, that that was that that was Showalter's team. And Luis Gonzalez hit over shortstop off Manny. Right, 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 right. Enough, enough, enough. We oh, got it. Sorry, sorry got about that. I didn't want to get so explicit. I wasn't trying to get so explicit. I wasn't trying to get so explicit. <laughs> I think we're going to, I think we could, you know, close the cigar up right here, smoke this one, and then move on to next week. Great show. Wow. Uh, make see, sure you see you next time. We yeah. on, on, on Spotify. Oh, that intro hitting too, man. Let me know. Yo, leave Yo. a comment on this, man. Let me know what y'all think about that intro. I think I'm gonna add um, I think I'm gonna add the Michael K. See ya. That's the only thing I think is missing. <laughs> I'm gonna try to add that this week. Um, for Chris, for old dog, this is Drew. Thank you for listening, y'all. Peace. Sign off. <laughs>